0: Welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. As a church, we believe that you're made for this, and God has a plan for your life. Here's this week's message. If you're a Laker fan and you've been praying, anybody been praying? Lakers lost to the Jazz last night, man. We got to get it together. I'm a Clippers fan, but I also moonlight on the Lakers whenever the Clippers are not playing. So we're praying for them. Uh, I'm super excited for what God has been doing in our church, is doing. Did y'all know that this year is 40 years of Oasis Church? 40 years. We're going to be celebrating 40 years on Easter Sunday and so grateful. And I'm really inspired by the generosity of our church and Grateful for all of you that have been giving and sowing into what you believe God is doing here. And always want to invite people, um, if you are a part of this community, if you're new here, don't worry about it. But if you consider this church your home, uh, to, to partner with us financially with the Lord, with what the Lord is doing, which is a biblical premise that many of us understand. And, and what's cool about it is even if you go, hey, no, nah, Pastor, that ain't for me. I'm just going to come and just you know, be in God's presence, and you get to be here because other people are doing that. So if you don't want to participate in your generosity on the way out, just elbow somebody and say, good looking out, because you're the reason why I get to come in here and not give. Isn't that the best <laughs> offering message you've ever heard in your life? I'm not even asking you to give. I'm just asking you to thank someone who does, because <laughs> that's how we can do everything that we do. That being said, cash, Venmo, that Venmo's not mine. That Venmo goes right to the church. So if some of y'all have issues with that, whose Venmo is that? That's the church's Venmo. I don't see none of that. Push pay oasisla.org forward slash give or a check if you still carry checks. Come on, old school. Lobby Dropbox and and there's even a, a QR code right there. God, we got it together. You just dude, thank you for our team. I did none of this. They just got it together. Thanks for our team, Emily and Anna and Clayton and all these wonderful people. They're great, and so we love um, and we're so grateful. And this weekend, as you prepare your offering, you can give however you want, but I don't stay too long on that because we go to such a generous church. We are part of such a generous community, and y'all always do that. But today, uh, we're in week two of a series, Glory in the Trenches. And if you weren't here last week, shame on you. No, I just playing. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we opened up with that series because I was having a conversation with an audio engineer, and he was mixing for artist and I said would you rather mix on a uh, uh, do audio engineering on a famous project that was played all over the world and was super popular and you made a ton of money or would you rather in this stage of your career work with an artist who was really good even if the whole world didn't know about it and he said this sentence my brother the glory is in the trenches he says we gotta find God's goodness in the process and I wrote it down I said I'm still in that I'm still in that. And so this series is glory in the trenches, learning to see God's goodness in the process. I would hope that we are not a church that can't see God as good until he does what he does, but we're able to see God's goodness in the process. Because being able to see God's goodness in the process is what sustains your faith and your perseverance to keep going until what you are believing for is fulfilled in your life. How many of us want that kind of faith in 2024? I know I do. I do. And this word glory is a church word that that really sums up the fullness of God's goodness. We learned in Exodus 33 that Moses asked God to show him his glory. And God said, I will let all of my goodness pass before you. This very weekend, as the United States, a federal holiday is Martin Luther King's birthday. And why did Martin Luther King get a federal holiday? He got a federal holiday because of the way that he fought for the inequality in our nation and all the changes that that inequality produces. Uh, uh, All the changes that that fight for equality produced. And and many of us grew up learning about Martin Luther King in school. Uh, But we learned about his fight for inequality, but, and, and many of us, we have adopted that same fight today. But what they did not teach us is why he was fighting. His very last words were, I'm not fearing any man, public words, for mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. The reason why he was fighting for inequality is because his eyes had seen the goodness of God in the process. So he was able to fight with grace and faith and love because of the presence of God that he had experienced. I would hope that none of us would ever adopt the battle of the injustice and inequalities in this world without seeking God's presence and wanting to see His glory. We never hear or get to hear, and every single year, at least once a year, I listen to that speech, and it's only been a few years I've been able to listen to it without weeping because I don't want to be motivated by the problems I see, I don't want to be motivated by the goals I'm trying to achieve, I want to be motivated by the glory of the Lord that I have experienced. He was able to battle and do what he did because his eyes had seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. What if every audition in the entertainment industry, you went on that audition, Audition, not because you're trying to see glory in the entertainment industry but you've already seen the glory of the Lord in his presence what if you uh fought for a promotion at your job knowing you've already seen the goodness of God and now you want to bring the goodness of God we are learning to be carriers of his glory and you learn to do all of that in the trenches or in the process And I don't want to see you forfeit the process and end up forfeiting your purpose. And that's what this series is all about. And so we're going to read from John chapter 3 today. John chapter 3 contains the world's most famous verse, John chapter 3, verse 16. Does anybody know John chapter 3, verse 16? Let's say it all together. One, two, three. And you see see how unified it was? (laughs) You see how unified it was? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Then it start going left after that. People start using the big Bible words. That he shall overcome. Wait, what? You know, when people don't know Bible verses, they start just saying, shall thee and thou. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that thou shalt not live or die, but thou shall be with Christ forever amen and all you have to say is amen and people go that's good that is good (laughs) you sound like you know the word but that wasn't in there man for God's so low it contains the world's most famous verse but I believe if we're going to understand God's goodness in the process we need to unpack today some of the things that Jesus said surrounding that verse John chapter 3 by the way I always threaten to throw my binder if you've been coming to our church for a while uh you ever anybody been seeing me threaten to throw my binder but I can't whenever I say a good point because I don't want it to break and so my friend Laura made me a plush binder in case I feel the need today. Ah, just, you know, so shout out to the plush binder that I can throw if I make a good preaching point, not a water bottle. John chapter 3, verse 1, and I love that the most important verse in arguably in biblical uh, history, in human history, John three sixteen 16, is, uh, is said in a conversation with one person. The Bible says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Verse 6 says, flesh, somebody say flesh, gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to to spirit. If you grew up in church, especially a church where they had some some saints in there, you know what I'm talking about? They would say, man, you can't be in your flesh. Young person goes to the nightclub, yeah, what you going to that club for? You ain't going to do nothing but be in your flesh. You ever? I had aunties like, listen, I think you in the flesh. And we think that when we're in the flesh, it means we're being tempted. But that's not what the word flesh means. The word flesh comes from a Greek word. And by the way, Um, one of the worst things you can do to interpret the Bible is read the Bible as if it was written in English originally. Because flesh does not mean what you think it means. It comes from a Greek word, sarkis, S-A-R-K-I-S, which means unaided by God. So when you are in your flesh, you are doing something unaided by God. Many of us grew up thinking that the flesh was only when we were being tempted. You see a girl or a guy, ooh, let me not get in my flesh. Or, you know, you're tempted to drink, oh, let me not get in my flesh. But you can preach in the flesh. You can pray in the flesh. You can worship lead in the, fr- in the flesh. You can pastor in the flesh. You can read your Bible in the flesh. The flesh simply means the parts of you unaided by God. And the Bible says the flesh profits nothing. And Jesus is trying to tell a respected religious teacher that flesh gives birth to flesh. Many of us are so overwhelmed because everything we've achieved in our life, we've achieved in the flesh, we've achieved unaided by God, and now we build this expansive calling and purpose that we have to manage and most anxiety and most depression that is not clinical comes from doing something that is unaided by God. At the core, you think it's on you. When you parent in the flesh, you think it's on you to raise your children. When, you, when you're when you in the entertainment industry in the flesh, you think it's on you. You think it's on you, you think it's on your agent, you think it's on your manager. When you are a doctor in the flesh, you think that life and death is in your hands, when it's in God's hands. The more you do in the flesh, God forbid you're good at it, because now you create something that is so expansive and so huge, praise God, but you don't know how to ask God for help. So God gives trenches and trials in your life mainly so you can learn where your help comes from. The Bible says look to the hills where your help comes from. And how many in this room hate asking for help? I mean, hate asking for help. Like you don't let anybody do nothing for you. I'm tired of like trying to, I'm trying to buy cups of coffee for people. No, no, like you ever been to dinner with someone, you try to pick up the bill and they get mad. No, 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 absolutely not. Not me. I reach for my wallet slow. You go to dinner with me, I pat myself down looking for my wallet like I'm looking for a lighter for my cigarette. I'm like, what did I do with my wallet? Don't worry, Pastor, I got it. Yes! Listen, I know how to ask for help. You ask me to go to golf? Listen, you say, I got it, Pastor. I'm like, you sure do, man. Come on now. You ask me to come watch my kids? Like, can I come watch your kids? Yes! Like, help is so important. So your flesh is the things that are unaided by God. So I want us to redefine success as accomplishing all the things that God helped me do. Because if you think you're successful, but God did not help you, then flesh gives birth to flesh. And this is what he was trying to explain. He says, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And he goes on to say, you should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. And listen to verse eight, for all y'all praying for clarity in this season. Because ever since COVID, clarity has been on strike. Like I can't get clarity for nothing. When I was in the pew like y'all, I knew everything the pastor should be doing. Up here, I got real stupid real quick. I don't know nothing. Matter of fact, if I could change the church's name from Oasis, it would be I don't know church because I just don't know. And this verse that Jesus is talking about comforts me in my lack of clarity because there are seasons where God gives you clarity, but there are seasons where God wants to heal you from how. Woo! When God is asking you to have faith, How is a disease that must be cured? Because I know what God wants to do, but I don't know how. And so what do we do when we don't know how? We get in our flesh, unaided by God, and say, I'll take it from here. But he's saying spirit gives birth to spirit. And he says this in verse 8. This is so encouraging, y'all, because I have so little clarity. I know the big thing, but sometimes I don't know the steps. And he says this about people born of the spirit. So this must be different with people born of the flesh. People born of the flesh need all the details to move forward. People born of the flesh, if it don't make sense, I'm not doing it. People born of the flesh means it's got a two plus, two equals four. People of the flesh, it's gotta, I can't move forward if you don't, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, uh, H, the H ain't there, I'm not doing it. But he says this about people born of the spirit, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going so it is with everyone born of the spirit does that sound like clarity so people born of the spirit you imagine if you go outside in the wind you feel the wind you know it's blowing and you might be able to gaze the direction of its of how it's blowing by the effect it has on leaves or something but you have no idea you have no idea so sometimes if you're born of the spirit God could blow you into a church, and then blow you into a job opportunity, and then blow you over here into a, a, a high school, and you think you're at the high school because it's the best high school in the in in the in the city and that might be true but you might have been blown into the high school young person because there's somebody there that god wants you to encourage and then it'll blow you into the college that wasn't the one you applied to but it's the one you're called to and he just continues to blow and you have to learn to trust god because the wind blows wherever it wants to go so it is with people who are born by the spirit which means that we are not flesh we are more like spiritual leaves and whenever the wind blows Can I even give you um, a better example? Butterflies don't choose where to go. A butterfly cannot decide that it wants to go that way. If the wind is not going that way, it cannot go that way. So it wants to pollinate a flower or whatever butterflies do. I'm not a butterfly expert and don't go to this church if I was. But (laughs) What, what do they do? You know what butterflies do. They don't pollinate, that's bees. (laughs) Forgive me for not knowing that a butterfly doesn't pollinate. You get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) I did ask you, I'm sorry. Sorry for my attitude, I repent. (laughs) Let me say what I was gonna say before I was dishonored in in front of the congregation. (laughs) A butterfly cannot choose to go that way if the wind is not going that way. And we need to be more like butterflies. Because what happens is if the wind of the Spirit doesn't blow that way, we look at where we want to go and we go that way without this Holy Spirit. And it says that means we're born of the flesh. So you have to have the discernment. Many of you are actually called to the entertainment industry or you're called to business or you're called to that college, not because that's where you want to go, but that's where the wind was blowing and you're in a season where you're learning to rely on the wind of the spirit, not the desires in your heart. And, you, and here's the thing. One of the things I hate about the wind is when I play golf. Because if the wind is in my face, I can't go as far as fast. Sometimes the wind is blowing in your face because the Holy Spirit is asking you to slow down. Either way, so it is with people born of the spirit. It's just like the wind. The, 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 this is, this is so important for us to understand as we're going through hard times, because this is what it means to be born again. And I want you to write this down or take a picture of it. The world says your sin is your identity. Religion without grace says do better. And being born again says, let's start over. Literally, let's start over. So you could be a 40 year old and a baby in the spirit. Like you just came to Christ. Don't put any pressure on yourself. And matter of fact, I remember one time when Bailey was like two, two and a half years old, um, she took every book, sweet, cute Bailey. She is adorable. I love that girl so much. She's always been adorable. And she took every book off the bookshelf at our house, every book. And after she had laid every book all over the floor, she came and sat down next to me. And I said, baby girl, are you going to put those books back? She said, I can't. I said, what you mean you can't? I can't. It's too much. It's too many books. I can't do it by myself. I said, you took all them books off by yourself. Put them back by yourself. And I remember the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, help her put the books back because that's what I do for you. That's what I did for you. I watched you mess up your whole life by yourself, and then I helped you fix it. That's what a father does. And so being born again is God basically saying, let me help you fix what you have done or maybe even let me help you fix what somebody did to you. Because you have, you have to, you're not a byproduct of what other people did to you or what you've done. You get to be a byproduct of heaven, literally a citizen of heaven, born again. And Nicodemus asked Jesus again in verse nine, how could this be? And then Jesus threw him a little shade. You are Israel's teacher? And you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, We testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses was lifted up, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. So to to catch you up on why he's saying that, uh, when um, Israel was in the wilderness... They did some stuff God didn't like. A bunch of snakes came out, bit them all up, and then Moses had to hold the snake in the wilderness to get the the consequences of their sin to stop. And so what he's paraphrasing and comparing it to is Jesus being lifted up on a cross like a snake when he was a savior is going to do the same thing that when Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. It's going to cancel the consequences of sin. Beautiful. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him and make us all children of God. I titled this message, Identity in the Trenches, because when you are going through something, you need to remind yourself of who God is and who you are. If we do not do this, we become a byproduct of our experiences, not his presence. And, and matter of fact, I, I would break down the salvation journey because the Bible says that when we're learning about our identity, the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, I've, and as I went through the gospels a little bit, I wanted to sum this up for you, but ultimately your identity in the trenches is, a, is three things happening. Is that faith and grace makes you justified. The Holy Spirit and the Word makes us sanctified. And then we live a life where God is glorified. I'm gonna say that again. Faith and grace makes us justified. The Holy Spirit and the Word make us sanctified. And then we live a life where God is glorified. Justified, sanctified, and glorified. Somebody say that with me. Justified, sanctified, and glorified. We have to break this down because all of our identity is wrapped up in these three things happening and i'm going to break down each and every one what the word means galatians chapter 2 verses 16 through 21 say know that a person is not justified by the works of the law that word justify simply means that you are made right in god's eyes that through your faith in what jesus did in john three sixteen, god views you today like you are completely righteous matter of fact When he sees you, he does not only not see a difference between you and I, because I'm a pastor, he doesn't even see a difference between you and Jesus. Jesus took all of your sin and God gave you all of Christ's righteousness, making you justified. Why is this important? Because only someone justified can ever go in God's presence and talk to God. So the law was all the things you needed to do to be able to go in God's presence because you cannot go in God's presence unjustified. We say anyone can come to God. Yes, anyone can come to God because they've all been justified through the sacrifice of Jesus. You are perfect. You are righteous. God loves you just the way you are, no matter what you believe, no matter what you, if you believe in Jesus, then you can stay exactly the way you are. And God says, that's my boy or that's my girl. However, If you stay just the way you are, you stay just the where you are. You gotta get this. Because in the wilderness, they were on their way somewhere to the promised land. And how many people know how long it took them to get to the promised land? 40 years. It is the 40 year anniversary of Oasis Church So imagine if God just wanted you to go somewhere and he'd been wanting you to go there since 1984. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that as long as it takes 40 years. But it was an 11-day journey from where they were to where they were going. But because they said, God, you love me the way I am, he loved them the where they were. That don't mean we move into the things of God. So stay justified all you want to, but when you stay justified without allowing God's word, what did I say? The Holy Spirit and the word makes us sanctified. Another translation, that word sanctified means holy. And holy does not mean I'm I'm doing everything God wants me to do. Holy means I'm living my life set apart, special, and sacred. Do you know that you're sacred? What do you treat it? Everybody treats something as sacred. You probably got some trinket in your house that someone goes, oh, can I touch it? No, 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 don't touch that. My great-great-great-great-grandma gave that to me. Some of y'all treat me like I'm sacred. I've literally, I've shared this story before where I, my wife and I had one car for a season. I gave um, somebody a ride home. Uh, somebody saw me catching an Uber, and they asked, they said, hey, don't catch an Uber, Pastor, I got you. I'll give you a ride home. I jumped in the car, and they turned on the ignition, and all I heard was, Trap music, mother, bibit, 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 just cursing every other word. Just I couldn't understand a word the rapper was saying except the cuss words. And they went, oh, snap, Pastor, and turned it down. (laughs) They went, oh, shoot. (laughs) My bad, Pastor, my bad. (laughs) My fault, my fault. And I said, what you turn it down for? I said, he said, I'm not trying to disrespect my pastor like that. I said, but you was listening to that on the way to church. <laughs> and he was an intern of mine. And I was like, you came to church? Like, you just listen to stuff, and then as soon as you get into church, you start swaying, just. In the car, you like. <laughs> then you come to church like. Voice get all high, Jesus. We love you, Lord. So you know what I did to him? I turned it all the way up, and I made him listen to his whole playlist. (laughs) His face, he turned bright red, and he was darker than me. That's how embarrassed he was, bright red. He was so embarrassed, we listened to his playlist the whole way home. He's like, why you doing me like that, Pastor? I'm uncomfortable. I said, because you are treating me like I'm sacred, not your car. The Holy Spirit was in the car before I got in the car, and you're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I'm not mad that you're listening to the music, do you? But don't you dare act like I'm more sacred than the Holy Spirit himself. Don't turn it down for me, and you wouldn't turn it down for God. Think about this. Imagine you got a boyfriend, and you know, you got a boyfriend, you come to church, and your boyfriend said or your girlfriend said, hey, let's sneak in the baptismal and like make out and like, let's like, do something in the baptismal. You'd be like, are you crazy? We can't do that in the baptismal. Let's wait till we go home in the bedroom. We can't do that in there. That's for the bedroom. Well, what's the difference between the baptismal and the bedroom? You think the baptismal is sacred, not you. So sanctified is learning to put the word sacred on the right thing. Not the baptismal, not your pastor, not this place, your body. That's so important. Here's why. Because you can be justified all you want to, but the great purposes of God require sanctified people. Can I prove it to you? 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 22 says, excuse me, I'll read from verse 20. In a large house, it's talking about God's house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Gold and silver, wood and clay. (laughs) Okay, God loves you just the way you are. Gold and silver, wood and clay. Anybody, when you see that word, you wanna be clay? Or you wanna be gold? If you have a clay purpose, you can have clay righteousness. If you have a clay calling, you can have clay sanctification. My issue is not whether or not you're clay or gold. Wherever you are, be where you are. Just don't have a gold purpose with clay commitment. Because it doesn't say, it says in God's house. This is not, God's house is infinitely, I mean, this is a, it could be a $50 million house. At the end of the day, it's still a clay utensil in a massive house with all the provision of the world, make no mistake about it, but I'm just concerned that some of us have gold dreams and clay commitment and clay obedience. But it says this about sanctification those who cleanse themselves from wickedness, from the latter, will be instruments for sacred purposes. That word special means sacred, made holy useful to the master and prepared to do any good work which means what that when you commit yourself not to perfection but the process in the trenches now anything God wants to do he can do through you God wants to do something in business you God wants to do something in entertainment you God wants to do something in the church you so please don't marry your calling Because the more you sanctify yourself, God could tap you on the shoulder and have you do all kind of stuff. Somebody in this room is doing stuff that other people think you can't do, but God has tapped you on the shoulder because he's seen that you actually desire. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about what you've achieved. I'm talking about God knows you really in this season want to be like him. So he taps you on the shoulder for a sanctified purpose because you want to be a sanctified Christian. Set apart, treating yourself as special. And if you're not there yet, fine. Just make sure you don't treat anything else more special than you or more sacred than you. Not me, not this church. If you wouldn't smoke in church, you gotta learn not to smoke in your body. If you wouldn't get drunk in church, you gotta learn not to get drunk in your body. If you wouldn't have sex in church, you gotta learn not to have sex with your own body. Why? Because you need to learn what is sacred if you have a goal, purpose, or calling. I'm keeping it real today. I'm keeping it real today. Anybody love a pastor that's keeping it real? Listen, I'm keeping it real. Because then you, you pray for a purpose that aligns with your obedience. So you're not frustrated. And this is the Holy Spirit and the Word does this. We don't even do it ourselves. We just yield ourselves so that God can do it. And then the third thing is that we live a life where God is glorified. And you know why God is glorified? The biggest thing that glorifies God is Jesus said the flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. The biggest thing that glorifies God is that everybody knows that what you're doing, God is helping you do. He's helping you do it. The Bible says God's glory, for, in Colossians 1.27, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles, those not following Jesus. It's for you too. And this is the secret to attain the riches of God's glory in your life. And this is the secret to attain the riches of God's glory in your life. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. It's not what God is doing around you that releases the glory. It's what God is doing in you when you understand that you are a sacred carrier of the presence of the Lord. And it says when you understand how much Christ is doing in you, this gives you an assurance that you'll share in his glory. Anybody not sure about the good things God wants to do this year? If you're feeling unsure, the Bible says that what God is doing in you should be your assurance. That you can trust what God is going to do for you because of what He's doing in you. Because if you can measure that this year you've had more spiritual growth, you have more knowledge of God's Word, you've been in more community, you've prayed more, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Why is the Holy Spirit working on you? Because of the things He's getting ready to do for you. That's your assurance. Not the email you get where your agent said it's yours, not the business deal that closes, not the happiness that you feel. The the assurance is, what is God doing in me? Can I give you an example? Because I think we miss out on God's goodness quite a lot because of situations like this. Hold on, where am I? Oh, snap. What y'all know about some Skittles? (laughs) What y'all know about some Skittles? Man, this is my favorite candy, by the way. Anybody love Skittles? Skittles. Skittles are fire. You know, shake them like that brother at the <laughs> Like that brother at the game, what's up, boy? <laughs> Turn your name and say, what's up, boy? <laughs> hey, I'm B-O-Y. I heard some Ys. Boy. B-W-O-I. As a church, say, what up, Boy. Let's be humble. If you sit next to a black person, ask them to help you right now. Just <laughs> be humble. You know when we say, asking for help? I can't stop saying the why. Can you help me? You turn to a black, turn to a brother, turn to somebody black, and say, I need you to help me. I keep saying the why. This is why. Remember I said earlier, you got to ask for help. Sometimes you got to say help. What up, boy? Hey, boy? What you doing over there, boy? Love Skittles. But let's say you saw me eating Skittles every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You never saw me eat anything healthy. All I ate was Skittles. I started to look sickly. And you go, hey, Pastor, I know you love Skittles. And I'm starting to be concerned about your health. And so here's what I'm going to do, Pastor. I got you some broccoli. <laughs> I got you some broccoli. I go, work, Yeah, man, you eat this and you stop eating them Skittles. It's going to be, you, your life. going to be good. You're going to get healthy. I said, oh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Good looking, brother. My brother, man. Brother Victor got me some broccoli. Good looking now, brother Victor. You're a good man. Put the broccoli in my backpack. Yeah, all right. Your boy about to be healthy. And a year later, I'm still eating Skittles with the presence of broccoli in my backpack. <laughs> People say, you, you look worse since Victor gave you the broccoli. <laughs> What's going on? Just waiting for this broccoli to kick in. <laughs> because Victor forgot to tell me that the presence of broccoli is only the potential of what broccoli can do until the presence of broccoli gets on the inside of me. But what we have is, imagine if I was still, wow, that came in strong. <laughs> I thought the Lord was coming back, I ducked. You can't do that with a black preacher. I was like, oh shoot. Hey man, I'm from San Bernardino, man. I'd have ran up out of here. I'm a black preacher, I ain't gonna be like, what's going on? <laughs> One of the biggest demonic lies in every film is they always kill the bl- brother first. No, we run first. We run when we don't even know why we're running. I almost ducked up out of here, man. Come on, brother. You know I'm not from Bel-Air, man. Don't do that, man. Jesus. It's still kind of strong. Or like, is this a spiritual moment or somebody coming to kill me? It's like the soundtrack of, like, a horror movie right now. Jesus. We good, man? Like, you got something? I'm just... We good? Okay. Jesus. I forgot I was gonna say, man. I'm like, what was I saying? Oh. Before they start playing the Freddy Krueger music, I wanted to say this to you. That how crazy would it be to call my boy Victor and go, hey man, that broccoli ain't no good? To question the goodness of broccoli because I've carried it around for years, I'm in the presence of broccoli, but I never consumed it. That's what the world is doing. We question the good of God, goodness of God, because we understand that when all we do is just be in God's presence, God's presence is awesome, but there is so much potential in God's presence. But until God is in you, and you stop carrying God around, which I don't care if you bring your Bible everywhere you go, until the Holy Spirit gets on the inside of you, begins to work in you and starts to sanctify you and make you into gold. You can't have a clay mentality and a gold vision and a gold dream. God wants to sanctify you. And he says, if we can just get you to stop carrying around the presence and start containing it, then woe, I have seen, no ear is heard. What God wants to do for those who love him is anybody in this room, instead of being in God's presence all the time, want to carry God's presence on the inside of them and have God reveal His? glory in 2024 then we need to take the backpack off and say jesus what do i need to do today to be filled with the holy spirit i want you to stand to your feet right now thank you lord thank you jesus you might have come in here filled with anxiety You might have come in here filled with fear. You might have come in here filled with shame. You might have come in here filled with guilt. But God wants to do an emptying today and fill you fresh with His presence. Because only filled believers, only people filled with the Spirit of God that allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to cleanse them, change them, and transform them, Your transformation is your transportation into the things of God. You cannot stay the same way and go to new places. You cannot. And I'm not saying this because I'm trying to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this so you can feel free. Free to do all that God has called you to do. I'm praying you encounter God in a way that would make you do the things that MLK did. I'm praying that you don't have the fear and the shame that you can rise up for God in a generation that doesn't even talk to God. You can live for God by faith. I wish I had a hundred people that are saying, that's me, pastor. Praise the Lord. Do something new in me, God, right now. I need you, Lord. I need you to change me and transform me. If that's you, you want me to pray for you, I want you to lift your hands to the heavens right now and say, I need that. I need that. I need that. I'm filled with too many things and begin to just thank him thank him audibly praise God anybody that can't praise can't carry his presence begin to praise God right now as the Lord releases a spirit of praise just begin to shout unto the Lord and clap your hands and praise the Lord for what he's doing in advance begin to praise God right now begin to praise him come on begin to praise him Shout to the Lord right now. Lift your hands and praise the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. We thank you, Jesus, for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, that though I might be a new Christian, I don't I can have new purpose, new calling. We thank you Lord, you change everything. Transform my life, transform my family, transform my sin into righteousness. Only God's presence can do it. Come on, shout to the Lord and begin to sing. begin to thank God. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. The hope of glory is Christ in you. You're justified by faith. And there's somebody in this room where you want to do great things for God, but you're not feeling confident today. You got to understand that you're justified, that through faith in Jesus, Jesus gives you the grace. He gives you your identity in the trenches that you are a child of God. No matter what you've done or where you've been god loves you exactly the same and he sees you exactly the same it is through that sacrifice on the cross that you receive the free gift of righteousness so there's somebody in here who's never given their life to the lord there's somebody in here who may have done that years ago but if you're honest you've strayed far from god in this season but you are not far from god at all god has been here guiding you and leading you to this very moment so i want to know if anyone for the first time wants to give their life to the Lord today or you want to come back to the Lord raise your hand on the count of three if you say Julian I'm changing I want the Holy Spirit to change my ways I'm changing my mind I'm not doing it in the flesh unaided by God I want the power of the Holy Spirit and God's presence operating in me and I'm coming to Jesus today on a count of three I want you to raise your hand one two three all over this room if you're coming to Jesus thank you Lord come on young girl God is so proud of you. Get your hands high. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's the way to go. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Anybody over here? 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Anybody? Come on, my people in the balcony. Anybody in the balcony wanna come to the Lord? I can't see. 33, I see your hands. 34, 35, 36, 37. Give God praise for our brothers and sisters coming to Christ today. God, you are so awesome. Let's say this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. And thank you that from this day forward, I am a follower of Jesus. I am justified, the Holy Spirit and the Word will help me be sanctified, and I will live a life where God is glorified. Glorify, make some noise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ellen, I got my peace back, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not scared. Ain't nothing going on. God is good. Anybody excited? To have been in church today and hear a word like this I'm just prophesying next week's gonna be even better next week is gonna be even better it's gonna be amazing we're gonna talk about judgment no I'm just joking it's gonna be good judgment in the trenches that's my no it's not Where, did I get to throw my binder Dang, I should have thrown my binder today man that was a good but hey Make sure you have opportunity to, to partner with the church through your generosity and um, do all of the 18 things we talked about in the video. I don't remember them all right now, but it was like, start here. Oh, financial peace. If you broke, make some noise. Oh, oh. If you in debt, if you put a Gucci purse on your credit card and ain't paid it off, make some noise. Financial peace is for you. Victor is like, oh no. Actually, I should have done the commercial. I want to get that black dude that does that commercial for the college He said you're sitting at home. You ain't got nothing to do. Get up and go to financial peace. We need that guy It was too nice <laughs> You in debt come through what what days to start Victor? It's next week. Come on If you got a letter at home and inside the envelope, you can see pink Come to the Financial Peace University. They're about to cut it off. They about to cut it off. They about to cut it off they about to cut it off. Turn your neighbor and say they about to cut it off. Turn. I'm going to financial peace. They about to cut it off. They about to cut it off. If you went to a gas station and said, let me get $8 on pump 8. If you put less than $10 in your gas, go to financial peace. I need some financial peace. The gas is high. The gas is high. I don't know how else to get people to come. At this point... Just come to financial peace, man. Come on now. Come on now. If you paid with something, never mind. That would be offensive. Just go to financial peace, okay? Oasis app, download all that. Hey, can't wait to see (laughs) y'all. Megan's rolling. For week three of Glory in the Trenches. I had an extra minute, so I used it. Glory in the Trenches, week three. Love y'all so much, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share with a friend. To join us on the journey of being present, connected, and generous, visit oasisla.org slash connect. We love you so much, and we'll see you soon.